going to use that opportunity to go and, and indoctrinate these kids with your street ghetto philosophy. Certain point. If you raise your level of income to the status of a rock star, then uh -huh, uh -huh, then, right. then you got to keep coming up with ways to maintain that status. We, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even saying eat meat, but at least put some cereal in the milk. Come on. <laughs> you, that's like taking six, 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 the mark of the beast, and redefining it like Biggie tried to do, and saying no, it means this or that. No, 666 is 666. You can call it holy 666, but it's still the mark of the beast. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. We're still on the adamant in 2016. Amen. And we're on part three. We're still talking about fellowship. And we're talking about the first church, the early church, the first church that was formulated. We want to borrow some things from them. Now, we can't borrow everything from them because it was a different time, different dispensation of gifts. Gifts back then were given differently than they're dispersed now. Uh, I, I still believe God operates where, when, and how he wants to. He never said that he stopped at all. Uh, I believe that he, he operates like he wants to operate. I believe when there's a need, a supernatural need, uh, I believe a supernatural gifting or a supernatural event can occur. I've seen them, and I know I'm not crazy, and I have seen supernatural activity. I've seen it extreme. I've seen it moderate. I've just seen it. I've seen it based on location. I've seen it based on the faith of the folks involved. Yeah, but I do believe that they aren't as, as, as prevalent, nowhere near as prevalent as they were in the early church. And I don't believe they're as necessary as they were in the early church. There were certain needs that were specific for that time that they absolutely had to be able to operate in in order to accomplish what it was God wanted to accomplish. Amen? Tongues. The unknown tongues or foreign languages, you know, you know, they don't want it to just be what it was, which is a foreign language. There's people speaking a foreign language. OK, so foreign languages were really needed back then because of the attention that the church was getting. So God said, you know, since since I'm moving amongst this group of people, they're getting so much attention from the world. But the world or the outsiders all speak different languages. So I need. For the gospel to continue or the gospel to even uh, incite those onlookers in some kind of way or affect them in some kind of way, they need to understand what is being said and what is being done. So tongues were used at that time so that they could speak the languages of the onlookers. So the onlookers could see and the onlookers could understand what was happening. Okay? Tongues was being very needed. Well, tongues aren't that necessary now. Because usually when we're talking about God or we're witnessing or something, we're in the presence of people that speak our language. Right? So God is not going to have us speak in another language to folks that speak our language. And then we have to interpret it in our language when we could have easily just said it in our language. Right? Okay, so. Tongues was one of those gifts. Healing was another gift. Now, listen, people are born with all kinds of issues and different things. God still heals. Amen? 
But a lot of times people are sick because of their diet, because of their lack of control, self-control, because of their lack of, you know, uh, uh, I guess planning, healthy eating, different things, sleeping, all these kind of things, exercise, amen, amen, all of these different things. So a lot of times healings don't show up. The gift of healing doesn't show up like we wanted to because a lot of the things we're doing, we just need to stop doing. I can't get an amen on that. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casting out demons isn't as prevalent as it was back then. Are there still demons? Yeah, there's still demons. There's still demons. But now, now a lot of time, it's not demons. It's what people are putting in themselves on a daily basis. Can I get an amen? Amen. Oh, the, the pastor, I'm, I got a problem with lust. Well, you been watching porn? Well, yeah. But it be making me watch it. You ain't watching it now. I mean, if it was making you watch it, you'd be watching it now. You'd have it, be looking at your phone like you're talking to me. But they want to blame it on a demon because then that means all you got to do is cast it out and I'll stop. No, all you got to do is stop. So a lot of times there ain't no demon. Man, I got a problem cussing. Dude, you watch last Friday to Friday after next and straight out of Compton this morning for breakfast. Soon somebody cuts you off, you're going to cuss. You can watch all the movies and not even hear the cussing. Cussing don't even bother you. Cussing like that bothers me. I can't get through it. I'm like, man, you got to turn this movie off. I feel like I have been violated. Look, somebody can't amen it because you used to it. Well, if you used to it, then when you get mad, you're going to do it. You know, demon, size cube. You see what I'm saying? So we're in a different time now. So, you know, the, the gifts, they, they're all there. Trust me, they're all there. I'm not saying that they're not operating, but I'm just saying we're in a different time where we have different needs, you know, as a, as, as a body. Amen? Amen. Y'all, gotta, y'all understand that? Does that make sense? Don't that make sense? So if you got problems in your body, and man, Pastor, every, every morning I got a crick in my neck and my side hurt. When was the last time you walked somewhere to any destination? Well, I walk around my apartment. That's a one bedroom. (laughs) Bed and the kitchen in the same room. You ain't walking. Get out and walk. Stuff will stop hurting. Amen. Get your heart rate up. I saw a commercial. Man, they said, boy, if you buy this pill, you can lose weight sitting down. I'm scared of losing weight sitting down. I wouldn't want weight dropping off me while I'm sitting down because that means I'm sick. Ain't that what that means? When you, whenever you losing weight laying down, you sick. You hooked to some kind of machine and something in you is not working. Oh, I know that's right. That's right. Get out and look at somebody and say, get out and do something. Fuck, wait till they get sick and then start trying to do something. Just get out now. When you leave here, take the long way to the car. Amen. Park on 360 on purpose. Well, guess I better start walking, get, start this journey to my vehicle. Hey, get your heart rate up. Amen. I know I'm preaching, but anyway, there were different needs back then. Singleness of heart. And the Bible says, when it was talking about the early church, and fear came upon every soul. And many wonders, many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were what? 
together and had what? All things in common. You got to like people to have things in common with them. Amen. They were together. They wanted to be together. I, I love this church. Now, when we dismiss, I mean, most of y'all are still in here. Nobody want to go nowhere. I got to see this person. I want to see this person. I want to sit and talk to this person. I want to see that. And I love that. I really love that. That means we're growing together and we, we all believe in together and we all got things in common. Amen. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the way God wants it. He wants us in each other's lives to keep each other encouraged, to keep admonishing each other so that we can grow together. All right. So fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed together. All that believed were together and had all things in common. You know, most of these beliefs about whether the gifts are still operating, whether you should be baptized in Jesus name, Father, Son, Holy Ghost and different things like that. When you grow up under those kinds of things, you read scripture and see those things. But when you didn't grow up under them, you don't even look at the scripture that way. These were all man-made vices to create sex and divisions so that they could have their own denominational group. And so they looked for differences so that they could preach something different so that they could be unique. And if they're unique, then we're set apart from the others that don't believe what we believe. Can we just read the Bible and do what it says? But men want to be in charge of something. They want to be the head of something or they want to be attached to something. And so they, you know, they go through all of these different things. And, you know, they, I'm not saying they're going to hell and all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying a lot of times these divisions cause even more division. The power of God was moving in the midst of the first assembly of believers. Acts 5 and 12 says, and by the hands of the apostles were many what? Signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, the front of the temple. People became fearful because of what they saw God's do God doing among his people. Now, understand this. This is not talking about the people of God. This is talking about the onlookers that were watching the people of God. So they're watching the people of God and they're watching signs and wonders being performed. They got scared. Amen. Because Zeus and Apollo and Diana and all them, they, they couldn't do that. So when they saw the true and living God doing signs and wonders, fear came on them. And it was a healthy fear because it was a fear that led to conviction. Because the Bible says that the church began to grow and grow and more and more people began to believe. So this fear came on them and they began to question it and want to know what's going on in there. And that fear led to conviction. Amen? Amen. The fear of the Lord is what? Man, the beginning, the very beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Second Timothy 1 and 7, for God hath not given us the spirit of what? Fear. But of what? Power. And what? 
and of sound mind. So that tells you that it wasn't the people that were afraid at that time that this scripture is talking about. It's, it was the sinners or the people that had not accepted or that had not believed. And so they saw all of these acts of the apostles. They saw this gathering and everything. And the Bible says that they became fearful. And during this period, God's people were not seeking signs and wonders. Yet they were a result of them following after the plan of God. So they didn't come together seeking gifts and signs to operate. So that because they had yielded themselves, God said, you know what? I need y'all. I need y'all. Y'all the first church. I need y'all to be a reflection and a light to the world. I need the world to see y'all. I need the world to see these gifts and signs and wonders that I'm going to do through you. Because right now there's no written Bible. See, yeah, yeah, amen. So a lot of these gifts and different things were very necessary because they had to prove what Christ was doing or, or what Christ had done. They had to prove what God was doing through signs and wonders because it wasn't a written account. Because there's no written account, then I got to show you something. Well, now you don't need to see that because you got the written word. So you can read about it happening and you can believe. Matthew 16 and 4, a wicked and adulterous, adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. That's who's seeking a sign. The, the church folks shouldn't be seeking no sign because you don't need one. Because you believe. You believe what the Bible says. You believe what God has said in his word. What you need a sign for? The wicked folks that don't have a relationship with God or aren't operating in his religion, then they need a sign. They need to see something. Because they don't know what the Bible says. I don't have to see God do anything supernatural ever again. Amen. I don't peep some folks just get off on that. They're just, ooh, they want to go to the signs and wonders meeting. The prophetic conference. That's some foolishness. Folk lined up and just counting on God to just talk. And who do you think you are? You just gonna get up. Every prophet in the Bible that had a word of prophecy, God gave them that word. He told them, go to the king. They go to the king. Go to the people. They go to the people. They didn't go to the people first and then be like. Mm, I see somebody in here. Ain't nobody did that in the Bible. That's some foolishness. Somebody in here is looking. Mm, you've been looking at houses. You've been looking at houses. You've been looking at houses. Uh, God wants to give you that house. You're looking at the. I see a house. It's got windows. Y'all need to quit going to this stuff. Through those signs and wonders still occur today, God's word teaches us that prophecy should be desired more than any other manifestation of God's gifts. 1 Corinthians 14 and 1, follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may what? Prophesy. That stood out more than any of them. God wants everyone in here to prophesy. Now, now, see... They didn't mess the word prophesy up because that means you're supposed to have a mic in your hand. That's not what that means. Why do you have to have a mic? And then you're supposed to come up here and get everybody's attention and tell everybody something that's already in the Bible. I don't understand that. Somebody speaking tongues and then somebody stand up to interpret it. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down. Maketh me. Why is God speaking old English? That makes no sense. Perfect, the person that's, the person interpreted, you don't talk like that. Why are you talking like that? 
Seek ye the face of the Lord. Who, pro- I mean, who spoke to you, King James? That don't make any sense. Brother, you speak English. Why are you up talking like that? And wherever thou goest, thou, thy feet shall be shod with the shod. Shod? I don't understand. But that spookiness and everybody, ooh, y'all hear that? I think I see, I see smoke. I got a gold tooth. And it's solid gold. It's solid gold. Y'all see the dude? <laughs> this dude walked out of church with glitter all over him. Talking about it was angel dust. Angel dust. He came out of service. Everybody just stopped. Ooh, don't touch him. Don't touch him. He came out looking like David Bowie. Brother, you look like you just left the ice capades. Why do people do that stuff? Your God is moving. It's glitter and teeth and dust and smoke. <laughs> Y'all church, that's too much going on. Smoke and teeth growing and glitter. And somebody blowing a ram horn. Just, that's the war cry. Everybody get down. Get down. That's the, that's the, when they blow the ram, when, <laughs> we don't need no ram horn, we got trumpet. We got a real trumpet now. Y'all don't want to get close to God. Y'all don't want to get close to God. You just got to be a ram. It still got to be connected to the ram. You done drug a ram in there. <laughs> you just shut up, ram. Why are you blowing a ram horn and there's a real trumpet that exists? Do you walk around your house with a lantern? <laughs> this is what John used to write. <laughs> I thank God for the Bible days, but I don't want the Bible days anointed. I want a 2016, whatever God want to do right now. Amen. Whatever he wants to do right now. Can we get some of that? He's all, I mean, he never changes. So that means he's got something for us too. Prophecy is a prediction that is based on God's word and relayed to his people for warning, encouragement, and growth. That's what prophecy is. So prophecy isn't necessarily telling you what kind of car you're going to have one day and what your social security number is. Now, that's not really prophecy. That's just forethought, okay? Prophecy encompasses mostly warnings, encouragement, and, and, and growth. It's used for that. 1 Corinthians 14 and 22. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that what? But why do believers, when they get together, they all want to speak in tongues? That's the opposite of what the scriptures say because it shows them more holy or more righteous or they have a better relationship with God than the person that can't do it or that elects not to do it. But tongues are for a sign to them, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophecy serveth not for them that believe not, but for what? Them that believe. So the prophet is really a preacher. 
And he's preaching to those that believe. And he's telling them what needs to be told to them. To give a prognosis. Anybody ever been to the doctor? The doctor gives you a prognosis, right? The doctor, a good doctor, will give you a prognosis and tell you, well, if this continues, then this is going to occur. Right? That's a prognosis. Well, that, that's the same word as prophecy. It is simply to tell someone that if this continues, then that will occur. So in essence, to prophesy God's word is to tell people that if they repent, then they can change their end result. Desire to prophesy. So you can tell them, say, bro, you know, you need to cut this out because this is affecting your marriage, it's affecting your family. If you keep doing this, then you're going to have this problem later. That's prophesying. It's too simple. People don't like that. Oh, no, man, there ain't no gifting and power in that. No, doc, I need to know folks' address and where they live. But see, if folks would read the word, they wouldn't be seeking signs. Folks are seeking signs because they, they haven't bought into the signs that occurred in the word. So in essence, the prophecy uh, to, uh, to prophesy God's word is to tell people that if they repent, they, they can change their end result. Matthew 3 and 1. In those days came John the Baptist doing what? Preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Now everybody that want to be John the Baptist, they stop right there. Because they want to give John a job bigger than the job, the job John had. John, it wasn't that his job was big. It was that what he was saying was huge. John, Jesus referred to him as the greatest prophet that ever lived. Not because of how many times he prophesied and how many times he read folks' credit card numbers in his head and told for it. No, because he prophesied the greatest event that has ever occurred on the earth. That's what made him the greatest prophet of all times. Because he prophesied the greatest gift, not only prophesied it, but prepared people for it. So, Bible said John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. And what was he saying? Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is what? At hand. That made him the greatest. That simple sermon. Simple sermon. He wasn't calling out, speaking in different. He was telling, repent. He got in trouble because he thought the king should repent too. Can I keep preaching in here? Amen. This stuff is, and and, you know, I don't have to complicate the word to mesmerize y'all and make y'all think I'm cold blooded. Whoa, y'all see pastor, man, I think, I think when he was walking, he missed a couple steps. He just rose up and then came down. I I don't have to do that. No theatrics in here. Man, the word preaches on its own. Can we let the word preach? Can the word be the star of the service? The early church members trusted in each other and had unfeigned love for one another. That's basically adamant unfeigned. That's just adamant. First Peter 1 and 22. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love for the brethren. See that ye love one another with a what? pure heart and that's what God is doing in here he's changing our hearts he really is and so God right now is developing this pure heart in all of us to where we don't talk about each other we really just genuinely love each other so behind people's back we ain't talking about it we're not tearing them down we're not bringing up their inconsistencies we're not talking their business we ain't bringing up the sins we're not bringing up none of that stuff as a body we are amen 
That's what pure heart means. So with a pure heart, we're loving one another. Having all things in common means that they believe that they were all equal regardless of their various abilities and callings. So in this beginning church, because they weren't trying to make the gifts happen and the gifts were just happening, they were all rejoicing that God was doing something. They never looked at each other as different. Nobody was better than anyone. They had all things in common. Your gifting may be in a different area, but that don't mean you tear down somebody because they're gifted in an area that you're not. We're all, all things in common. All things in common. Everybody has a gifting. Everybody has an ability. Spiritual, natural, and that's what makes the body. Man, I'm so excited. So what? why are you mad and hating and bickering and barking? You need some of these people. You need some of these people. Amen. Why do you do that? Don't talk. Look at somebody say, don't talk about people. Man, it's going to cut that out. Just don't talk about folks. Amen. Philippians 2 and 3, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each person esteem other, what? Better than himself. When we are content with who we are in the faith, then we can truly love our brothers and sisters in the faith without what? Envy and jealousy. James 3 and 16. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Amen. You know, there are people that left the church, left ABC, and I knew why they left. You know, had a confrontation with them, or I went to them and told them something. They didn't like it, whatever, whatever, whatever case, or this and that. And there are people that left for that reason. But then there's a group of people that left, and it just shocked me. I was shocked. I didn't know. I couldn't understand. There's, you know, several people that left that just, I was like, this don't make any sense, any sense, any sense, any sense. Why would this, I mean, what happened? And then over time, the Lord began to show me they, they had their mouth on everybody. They were talking about people. They were hurting people with their words. And God got them out of here. And I didn't even know it was going on. I didn't even know. So that's what I'm saying. Right now, we're at a place where we just we can't tolerate that. God doesn't want that because he wants to move in our midst. Amen. Somebody need God to move in their life. I'm telling you how he's going to move in your life. Because he's going to move in the midst of his people. Just like he did then. He's going to move where there's order. See, he's going to move where there's order. He's going to move where his spirit is. So we have to get on one accord if we want to see him move. Amen. And the lights, we're not talking about the lights flashing and the speaker floating and the guitar playing by itself. and all that. We ain't talking about none of that. I'm talking about some of you men need a wife. Some of you women need a husband. You need God to move. Problems with your mama, your mother-in-law. God can move. Your husband, your wife, your relationship. You need God to move. So we got to clear the way for it. Amen. Summary. God gave various gifts and callings to the members of the early church. But the Bible says that they kept a certain commonality amongst themselves so that none felt they were better than others. Their humility and meekness made it easier for God to move. 
because envy and jealousy were non-existent. Their humility and meekness made it easier for God to move because envy and jealousy were non-existent. We, as believers, must model this behavior today. We must see our brothers and sisters as better than ourselves. We must keep all things in common and remain together in fellowship, loving people past their issues, inconsistencies, and during their growth process is how we must function as a church. We have all needed grace and mercy to bring us this far. Anybody got this far without grace and mercy? Amen. Anybody get this far without grace and mercy? We all needed grace and mercy to bring us this far. So we must wait on others that require the same patience. This love for each other is what causes the hand of God to move in our lives and causes the world to take notice as they did back then. Acts 4 and 32, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things. What? In common. Everyone stand to your feet. You know, we go through this maintenance period every year. First of the year, it's maintenance time. It's maintenance time. Time to bring out the wrench, bring out the oil, time to bring out the screws, the nuts, the bolts. Maintenance. Tighten stuff up. Change stuff out. Time to do all of that to prepare for what God is going to do in 2016. That's what we're doing. So I want y'all to buy into this. Buy into this for your family's sake. Buy into it. Relationship's sake. Buy into it. Buy into what is happening. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com. Ministries.com.